was desperate, you know, at the time I was 17, 18, unemployed, you know, and I was desperate to, you know, to get a break. And I knew that if I did get a try, I would, you know, I would grab the chance. I think it was always going to be boxing. I mean, I stepped into the gym as a 10 or 11 year old. Boxing just took hold of my heart straight away. I love everything about the sport of boxing. Hello, I'm Marie Crow, and this is We Become Heroes, the RTE sport podcast that explores how lead athletes and sports people reach the top of their game and the lessons that they learned along the way. I'm delighted to say my guest today is five-time All-Ireland winner, Kerry's Colm Cooper. Colm, how are things? Good, Maria. Really enjoying the summer here in Kerry. The weather is great. Everyone's in good form and um, look, the football and hurling championship is, is rolling around, so we're all enjoying it. So for somebody like you now who is retired and we're in the height of the summer, how do you pass the time now that you don't play football anymore? Well, I, I used to have a lot of time since I retired, but I've got involved with Dr. Croak's senior management team this year. So um, that's given me a different angle on things, but I'm really enjoying it. It's great to work with some of the young players coming through. Um, and obviously I, my, I'm doing the punditry stuff at RT and the Sunday game, and that's something I really enjoy. And um, keeping an eye on all the teams and who's developing and who's coming through. And I suppose in the football, everybody's trying to catch up to the dub. So see, having a look to see um, to see who are going to be the, the contenders later on in the year. So enjoying both that and Dr. Croke. So while I might be retired, I'm still very much in the in the, in the the engine room of, of, of football and sport will always be very central in my life anyway. So you're involved in the management setup. What have you found that has surprised you about it? Like when you would have obviously dealt with so many different managers, now you're at the other side. Was there anything mm. that you were like, oh, I wish I'd maybe known that when I was playing? Yeah, I suppose the, just the organisation around it. I suppose when you're a player, you're told where to be and when to be there and that's it. That's that's your responsibility. But I suppose when you're, when you're a part of the management, you're trying to keep an eye on 30 people or trying to get them there and trying to get them there in good shape and in good form and um, there's just more responsibility but look that's I've played it for so long hopefully I can add a little bit of experience in that but um, I have a newfound appreciation for the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes of organising teams and dressing rooms and pitches and um, getting everybody there on a Tuesday and Thursday um, particularly when guys are working and look that's all part of it but I'm really enjoying that aspect of it as well and I suppose the bit that I really really enjoy is the, the hands-on coaching piece putting on my boots joining in the training with the lads explaining to them what we're what we're trying to do and to understand that it's a journey um, and it's great it's great and some people and the, the beauty of sport is some people pick things up really quickly other people takes a little bit of time to digest and understand um, but I'm really enjoying the, the hands-on coaching part of it so far. Yeah I'd imagine it's probably a bit of an, an apprenticeship just because you've played doesn't mean you're going to be able no. to go out and um, instill what you want to in players. Absolutely and that's that's the thing okay I've been very fortunate to have a, a very good career with Dr. Pokes and with Kerry but um, it probably gives you a bit of credibility going in but at the end of the day the players are interested in can you make me better? And that's the bottom line. Can you can you keep me interested? Can you make me better? And can you hopefully bring all that together and make a team challenge for honours? And that's, I suppose, that's what we're trying to do in Dr. Croaks. And that's the challenge I put on myself that, look, all those young players coming through, can I add something and make them two, three or four, five, five percent a better player than they were last year? And I suppose that's what 
myself, Edmund and Jamie and the Crooks management are trying to do. So, um, look, it's there's no guarantees. There's, there's no guarantees. That, like, if you were a good player that going into management that it's all going to work out. But um, I'm understanding, too, that there will be there will be challenges and I don't know everything. And I think when you, if you're going with that open mind, you, you'll be okay because this, this is certainly a journey and um, it's only step one. So you're on a journey then. You see yourself ah. now as a manager, coach. Well, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying that side of it. And whether it's underage level or senior level, I don't really know yet because it's, it's, it's so new to me. But um, yeah, look, my first taste is that I really enjoy it and I really like being part of it. And I suppose I've missed without knowing it, I've missed the buzz of the dressing room, um, even though with COVID we haven't seen too many dressing rooms, but I missed being part of that group and even, even I suppose I spent all my life being part of teams and groups. Um, I've missed that from the couple of years that I've been away. So um, it's great to be back involved. So um, hopefully that will continue for, for, for another while. Do you miss the playing side of it? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Um I miss the lead up to big matches. I miss the buzz. I miss the nerves. I miss the butterflies. I don't miss all the training in January and February and the pouring rain. I don't miss that. But I'd be lying. When you've played at the top level, I think nothing else comes close to it. You know, management is great. Being involved is great. But playing is very, a very, very different buzz. Um, and I've, I've I've said that to the players and even some some guys who are a little bit younger than me now who are coming to the end of their football careers are crooks. And I'm saying... Let's play as long as you can. Play as long as that your body allows you, because they're your they're the best days. They're the best days of being involved in sport, and that's something for any young people on this podcast, I suppose. Is um, sometimes we see a fall off of teenagers where they don't continue sport, both both male and female. And my advice to them would be to stay involved, team, team sport, individual sport, whatever it is. It's you look back in your career and you look back later in life to say. I wish I did more of it. Don't have that regret. So stay involved in sport. You learn so much from it. And the enjoyment and satisfaction I've got from sport kind of eclipses everything else that, I, that, that I've had in life, you know? Was it difficult then to give it up? Like, did you struggle with it and in the aftermath of it? Um, yeah, it, it, was, it, it was definitely a big decision to give it up. I suppose when I retired from Kerry at the, in 2017, um, it was a big decision because Kerry had been part of my life for so long. But I had found myself being very fortunate, Marie, because getting the opportunity to be part of 10, 10 or 10 Ireland football finals, like that's the biggest day nearly in Irish sport. And you're very central in that. So to leave something like that go, and I suppose coming from a county in Kerry where you probably have a chance every year of winning the Ireland, it's 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 not turning your back on it. But look, I had my time, I enjoyed every moment of it. I was so fortunate to play with some of Kerry's best ever players and I can't have any complaints about my innings with Kerry and the fortunate thing for me was when I left the Kerry scene I went back to the Dr. Croke scene who again were fighting for honours who have played probably the most central part of my sporting life and I was going back to that setup, which was kind of very professional in a way anyway so it wasn't it wasn't like I was going from fifth gear to first gear like we were still we were still at a very high level so I was able to do that for another two or three years and enjoyed that before before taking a step back but I still play for the Dr. Croke's third team so I still have a pair of boots and occasionally tag out there but um, I don't think your your competitive edge ever leaves you it, That must be hard though like when you when you think about the ability that you had and the talent and the skill and look I'm sure you still have it in abundance 
But the fact that you are now in a third team and things don't come as easy as they did maybe 10, 15 years ago, is, is that hard to, to process and to just deal with? I think it's hard for some people, Marie, but I, it's not hard for me because I, I think I've lowered my expectations of myself and probably every, everyone else around me um, understand the level that you're playing at and that it's, it's fun and it's, it's like I was probably one of the crankiest people ever to play, play on teams and um, that's because I was so competitive. I wanted to win the whole time and teammates will probably tell you that. They'll probably say that they'll outplay me in one way but they'll probably say I was a cranky so-and-so in another way. But that's because of the competitive nature. But I suppose since I've gone stepped down a level or two, I've found a different sense and why people play at this level because it's for pure enjoyment. And if you lose, it's not too upsetting. It doesn't keep me awake at night. Um, and it brings me back to what probably what it's all about, really. And it's it, it's enjoyment, it's participation. And it's different when you're playing with Kerry and Dr. Crooks and, and competing for honours, but um, sport can be enjoyed at every level. Did you know you were cranky when you were when you were cranky and you were playing in, at that level or were you just uh, in it? Um, I think you're probably in it. I knew parts, parts of the time I was cranky and maybe I was disappointed that other people weren't as cranky as me because I used to hate losing a match in training. I used to hate losing anything really to be honest and I couldn't understand why people weren't as upset or cranky as me yet they would probably say it's only training man just relax It's only... but I was kind of saying well if we're not good in training how are we going to achieve it on the big days and things like that so um, yeah I look I suppose I've just chilled out now I kind of I think back and shake my head saying Jesus why was I so upset or cranky or giving out to people and look I was probably trying to drive drive standards and training and teams and different things and that's what I'm and that's what that's what got me going and that's why I was so cranky and did I know I probably did but um that's in my eyes and maybe rightly or wrongly that's what it took to win and um look it, it, it worked a lot of the time. Did having that type of personality and being the person that drove the standards and the expectations and look, that competitiveness is great, but obviously it, it can be all consuming as well. Mm. Did that take away a little bit from the enjoyment? Uh, it, it did. It probably put me under a little bit more pressure because I felt I had to steer the ship and drive things. And maybe I didn't enjoy or embrace the preparation. But I always enjoyed the success and the satisfaction of winning a big match or winning a title or being involved in big games. I absolutely enjoyed every part of that. But... I was probably so engulfed in it. I didn't really understand this. Uh, maybe how mad people were probably looking at me saying, he's mad and he's crazy and things like that. But um, maybe, maybe it did at the time because I suppose there's, a, there's, there's maybe a fear factor of losing as well involved here, Marie. I think when you're, when you're expected to win and you're playing with counties like Kerry and clubs like that for Crush, 90% of the time you go out, you're expected to win. You're expected to perform and perform in a certain way. And if you if you set a high benchmark for yourself, that's it's difficult to meet sometimes as well. So um, at times maybe I didn't enjoy it as much as I should, but I certainly enjoyed the the after the after game or after celebration as much as anyone. But um, but look, that's that's sport. That's that's the, the dirty emotions that run through. So when you're looking at the the modern game now as it is, even though you're not out that long, look, we know that. Sport evolves all the time and, and getting football has evolved a lot as well over the last few years. Would you like to be playing nowadays? 
I would look. I I would have played forever, forever if I could. You know, I had a couple of injuries towards the end of my career that slowed things down for me a little bit. But I miss it. I miss the buzz of big matches, and I suppose the last two years have been difficult because of COVID and, and no crowds. The crowds were certainly something that got certainly got my juices flowing in terms of looking forward. And I used to love getting the butterflies and the nervous tension going in on the bus to Co Park or into Killarney and places. But um, I, I probably, but I, I'd be lying if I'm saying I don't miss. It. Of course, I miss it. I miss the big days and um, just being there with the group that you've trained with for six or nine months and looking to achieve something and studying other teams and um, yeah. And I, I look when you when you land a title, the ultimate honor, or winning an All Ireland, whatever it might be, it just makes it all so worthwhile. And I suppose. I get so much satisfaction of my teammates enjoying that sort of stuff as well. And that was very central um, in my career to celebrate with the lads and celebrate that success. And that's, and look, the other side of that is there's, we're talking here about wins. There's, there's, there's downs as well. There's losing big matches and there's not being, not meeting standards. There's a bit of soul searching that goes on about not performing and maybe you've a loss of form. And that happens in sport. And, that happens whether you're a 14 or 15-year-old or 24, 25-year-old. That's natural in sport. And life is not one straight line. There are twists and turns along the way. There's, there's ups and downs. And that's in every aspect of life, not just sport. And I think once you're understanding that that's the way. But I think for me, and it's probably something, something I look for in people at the moment, is how do people react to... Uh, a, dis- a disappointing day or disappointing performance how do they react how resilient are they and that resilience word is is a big thing now that we hear across all spectrums of life really but I think that's it's a great characteristic to be able to have is to be able to bounce back and to learn from I wouldn't call it failures but learn from setbacks and disappointments more than anything else um, and I think that's what the really great sports people can do that even when they lose a bit of form or they have a bit of a disappointment, they can bounce back very quickly and they learn very quickly, I think. Would you like to be in a situation where you were plotting ways to try and dethrone the dubs? I would, I would. Well, I'd platen them anyway in my own head. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to listen to me anyway, but um, I, I, I do that. And it, like there's, of course, there's days where I'm having a cup of coffee at home and you're saying to yourself, you know what, if I was the carry manager now, that's, this is how I'd play or this is how I'd line up or these are the matchups I'd like to have so I think we all do that secretly well I think we do anyway but um, so so we do that but look um, Peter Keane is P- Peter Keane is doing a good job with Kerry at the moment he has them in good shape so I don't think he needs my help at this particular time anyway Well there are very few of us who would be able to go out and undo a a Dublin team all on our own and you're one of the people that would have been able to do that. I'm going to get into our set questions now Colm. What's your earliest memory of sport? Um, Earliest memory of sport was getting a bus in Killarney up to Dr. Crokes training when I was six years old. That's how it was done back in that time where a bus used to travel around Killarney and pick people up in different different parts of town, bring you up and it was it was the highlight, the best two hours of my week um, was going up there training as a youngster and I remember it now. I, I can still remember being picked up at the corner of our estate and there was 10 or 12 other lads and we had the best two hours that we could possibly have and still have those friendships now and I think that is probably the best and the best memory I have of sport is getting involved from there and um, yeah, that's 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 their, their special times. 
Well, I did. I, that's the first time I've ever heard of that of a bus mm. going around the town and collecting. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was done back in the. It was done yeah. back in the day. Johnny Buckley, who plays with Doctor Crooks, and he played with Kerry. It was his dad who drove the bus, Mike Buckley, and even the bus for a sick. You can imagine a six or seven year old, and we all taken off, and our parents allowing us, knowing that we were going to a safe environment. It was magical. Even even when I think back to now, I kind of laugh about it. But um, yeah, great times. Yeah, that's class. So, who were your heroes then when you were growing up? Um, she's oh, difficult, I suppose. Look, uh, I had different kind types of heroes, like Kerry footballers. Morris for sure was always one. Like we had the Kerry Golden Years tape, like, and I used to be around my state thinking I was Mikey Sheehy for a while, dummy solos and chipping it over the bar, like, and uh, I suppose those guys from a GA point of view. But also, I suppose I was a big Liverpool fan uh, growing up, and um. You had at that time when I like if you think of the eight, the late nineties Liverpool you had John Allridge, Ray Houghton, and uh, Ronnie Whelan was probably one of, was my favorite player. They were all playing for Ireland as well, so it was a big thing to be a Liverpool fan. They were really good. Um, I played soccer with Killarney Celtic, so I was into I was into all sports really. But um, so I think the Liverpool guys from a professional point of view, because that time we used to be able to. We didn't have so much access to the Premier League and the, the first division was, as it was called back then. So um, when you got to see them, it was it was fantastic. And to see them in the Ireland colours, it was brilliant. But from a football point of view, I suppose, everybody on the Dr. Crokes team, because I was kind of a mascot in 92 and get the opportunity to watch them training and be around the tr- dressing room. And I learned an awful lot from, from just being around teams and groups and my brothers playing and different things like that. And then, like, I suppose, coming from Kerry with the Morris Fishers and Mikey Sheehy's and the Kerry Golden years that were there at that time, um, they were the guys I looked up to and um, they probably inspired me more than anyone else. We've always kind of heard about you that you were playing all the time, like you never left football out of your hand. Mm-hmm. Every opportunity you were outside practicing, training, playing. Like, were you? was that the case? Were you always with the ball? Yeah, I was, to be fair. Um I said, neighbours were upset because eight o'clock, I was out, runners on. If, even if none of my friends were there, I kicked the ball off the wall to myself. 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night, I was the same thing. But I did it, Marie, because I, I enjoyed it so much. And I loved, everybody was bigger than me when I was growing up and things anyway. But I really kind of prided myself on skill and being able to kick with both feet. And um, I never felt inferior of anyone, even though everyone was bigger than me. Like we used to have games in our estate where... You could have 20, 21, 22 year olds playing. You could have 14 and 15 year olds playing. There was no one thought they couldn't play, but, um, and it was hard. It was hard. It was hard at times get, get, getting that, but probably without, again, without even knowing it, like those those little games and battles, they toughened you up. And um, maybe that they drove the competitive streak, streak as well. So, um, yeah, it was. Look, I, I just love sport from an early age, whatever it was. If it was a tennis racket when Wimbledon was on, if it was a soccer ball when the World Cup was on, if it was GA football when Kerry were playing Cork and Killarney, I remember selling the programs before those matches for a pound, I think it was at the time, and you used to get a, you used to get a few bob for doing it. Like brilliant times, like brilliant times. So um, I was just fortunate to get a, a flavour of all those sports. Basketball was another one. Um, so I think all those sports complemented. Um, the skill level, I suppose. So when did you first realise then that you had talent? Uh, I kind of always knew that I was skillful, but I suppose it was 
maybe 15 or 16, I made a big, big jump um, from a point of view of, I was on all my teams with Dr. Croaks underage, but um, in Kerry, it's kind of a big deal if you're talking about being a Kerry minor footballer or that you're going to be in the shop window. I was in school in, in St. Bernard's and Killarney in the same, and um, I was becoming one of the best players on the college's teams. And at that point, I was saying, yeah, yeah. And I knew people in, in Dr. Croaks were kind of quietly saying, Jesus, this fella's coming now. He's, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. He's small, but look, he's got all the skills. He he could be a really good player for us in a couple of years. And the space between 15 and 17, um, I just made a massive jump. And again, from 17 to 19, like, like in the space of four years, I went from being kind of a, a really small, scrawny 15-year-old to being a Kerry minor for two years and then coming straight out of minor and starting for the Kerry senior footballer. So it all happened really quick. So I would say probably from the age of 15 to 17 was probably the biggest time that I kind of said, yeah, I kind of, I could perform at a high enough level. So, um, but then again, you just never know. Mm. Do you think it's natural talent or do you think it's all the work that you put in? Um, I, th I think it's work. I think it's like you, you go back to, did you always have a ball in your hand? Yeah, I did. And without, without even knowing it, I was practicing every day and getting better and better and better. And it just, it, it just felt like enjoyment to me. It didn't feel like going out training every day. It just, it was just something I did. So I think, um, I think it, some people it looks natural, but it's natural because I did it every day of my life. And it's just, this is easy with a ball, like with both feet. So I think, and that's probably something that a lot of top sports people do as well. As well. They look at, they, it looks effortless to them. Like when, when Shane Lowry hits a golf shot, it's just so easy. Then when Roger Federer takes a serve in tennis, it's just so effortless. If you look at some of, like if you look at David Clifford and Conor Callahan at times when they're playing, it just looks all so easy. But it's all so easy because they've done that since they're five and six years of age um, and they've honed in on the skills. And that's why sometimes the top sports people win when you look at them in the big moments, it looks like they have more time than everyone else. It's just because they're so comfortable with that ball in their hand or whatever whatever sport they play. So I think uh, it becomes more natural if you've done it all your life. With that in mind, it's actually going to be interesting to see maybe in a decade's time what the level and standards are of, we'll just say, Gaelic games because you don't see kids out all the time now. You know, you don't see mm. them going around as much with their footballs and their hurlies and and that sort of stuff. So I just wonder if we're going to get the calibre of players that we had maybe in the past. Yeah, well, I, I look, I, I there's two things to this, I suppose. We've seen the strength and conditioning and we hear this about teams all the time and there's development squads in every county now at 14, 16 and they're all getting really, really strong. And look, yeah, it's 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 great in a way that that's, that's happening and it's making it a bit more professional. But the skill level for me still outweighs like you can you like we have loads of teams in Ireland at every level and every age group that can run and jump as high as you can. But to win anything, uh, if you want to go the distance, you have to have a you have to have a high skill level. People say, why are the dubs so good? Because every skill that looks so easy, but they do it better than everyone else. They, they have all the skills better than everybody else. And some people say to me. Can can a five foot five guy survive in football at the moment? Of course you can. If you have the skill, if you have the bravery, if you have a bit of courage, of course you can survive. And you can do a lot more than survive. You can you can reach the top if you want. But you kind of there's going to be a few bumps along the road there as well. But if you're committed and the bravery and the skill level, 
give me the person that has that will be committed and wants to get better. Give me them every day, and I I would be convinced that you can you can make those players play at a very high level. So while the strength and conditioning is very topical at the moment, and it, it probably is a high level sport to be fair, but you won't be winning anything meaningful if you don't have a good a good skill level, and that's that's something I think is getting a little bit lost at the moment with teams that. I have to do the weights. I have to do all the nutrition. And of course, they're very important, but they only facilitate your performance on the field. So if 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 you go to the field, you can run and jump. But if you don't have the basic skill level, you ain't going to be winning, I'm afraid. I had Paul Flynn on this a little while back and that was something actually that stuck with me. A lot of people think that if they don't have the skill by a certain age, it's too late. But you can still work on it. And that was something that he did. Yeah, and there's no doubt about having the skill level. The younger you have it, the the, the easier it is. But you can still develop. Mm -hmm. You can still, but you have to be committed to develop. And if that's if that's working on it every day, a couple of times a day, everybody has a different level of commitment. Um, And you probably have to work harder once or twice a week. Is not enough if you're trying to catch up. It's daily. You need to be doing things if you're trying to catch up. And maybe Paul, that's where Paul was coming from with his comments, maybe that he might be, he have been as skillful as maybe Bernard Brogan or a couple of the other lads. But he complimented his game by being so strong and athletic. And then all of a sudden he was going to kick four or five points in the match. He was banging in a goal in Linster finals in Ireland. So I can see what he means about developing his skill, skill level. Um, but I guarantee you he was doing that on a daily basis, Marie. And doing that once or twice a week wouldn't be enough. So... You can catch up, but you need to work really hard at it. Yeah. And so, like, looking at you, you would think that, you know, you always had all the skills in the world. But was there an element of your game when you were developing as a footballer that you maybe needed to work on harder than other parts of your game? Yeah, I I think, like, I was naturally left-legged, but my right leg was very weak. I wasn't strong on it. I didn't have a lot of confidence on it. And that's a basic, basic thing. But... um, Again, it goes back to daily practice, and and I was just so committed to get getting that, uh, and it was never as strong as my left, but getting it to level that I was happy with. And the biggest compliment people will 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 ask you then is, well, what what is your favorite foot? Or because if you if you can if they don't know, that's a really really good sign. And from an early age, I would have practiced my right foot a lot more and just got it stronger and became more comfortable with it, and that made a big difference to my game. So you played a bit of soccer as well, played a little bit of basketball. Was there any other sports that you enjoyed or, you know, maybe just thought you... Yeah, no, they they were the main three, really, basketball, soccer and football. Um, You dipped in in and out out of other sports, but um, obviously the basketball is very good for coordination, hands and a bit of vision and probably awareness. Um, So they they were the main three and we had pitches around us and basketball courts like that. So... um, they were the ones and um, loved every minute of it. So was there a moment, so you're you're on the Kerry senior team at this stage now and are very successful, but was there a moment where you thought, you know, I can go on now here and be the best, like? Um, no, no. I, all I wanted to do was play for Kerry and make sure that I'm on the team and when you, in Kerry, when you get the Kerry jersey, whatever, whatever, you have it for a while. If you're lucky, you'll have it for a number of years. If you're, if it doesn't work out for you, you might not have it too long. But it's it comes with a big responsibility. And 
I just I always look at the players who have gone before us and like at that time Mike Frank Russell Johnny Crowley like they, they were kind of heroes to me in, in another way I was watching them only a few years and now all of a sudden I was breaking into a team with these fellas Derek and Ada um, and before that you obviously had Morris and before that you had John Egan and Mikey Sheehy and so I was always very conscious of that and the responsibility that it brought so if you want to play for Kerry there's a high standard and you have to meet, meet it every day and Marie you know from going to Kerry club matches and county matches and chatting about it when you're down down this neck of the woods it's taken very seriously and there, there's a standard to be met and when you don't creates, it creates debate and um so I knew that from an early age. So um, I just knew it came with a responsibility. And I suppose the most fortunate thing I had was that when I, I came into Kerry team, that there was a great bunch of lads there. They were very experienced. I sat and I, I sat and observed and watched. and did what I was told for, for certainly two or three years initially. And um, while I went out and played and battled, battled all the time, and I was very lucky that I settled into the team very quickly, but I kind of I felt that I knew my place in the food chain, and I listened and observed from these guys who were leading, leading the team and leading the county, and I learned so much from them. Um, so, but you, you can be a leader. You can be a leader at nineteen and twenty as well. You don't have to wait till you're twenty eight or twenty nine to be a leader. So, um, but I was like a sponge or being around those fellas in, in, in the Fitzgerald Stadium training, and it's one thing. It's one thing to play with Kerry, but to get an opportunity to play with your heroes. That are Kerry and playing Crow Park. That's 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 pretty special. It seems like you had a really good awareness, though, of the situation that you're in. You know, and you kind of handled it very well as well. Well, like at the end of the day, I was coming to Kerry, the Kerry Senior Dressing Room, when I was 18 years old. I was just out of minor. Um, I went in, and I remember the first evening going up. Paulie O'Shea was the manager. And, uh, I just walked into the dressing room, and the biggest nerve was, "Where do I sit? What do I do?" and um, I just sat down and luckily enough fellas kind of knew who I was because I was at the Kerry Miners and things and they were probably saying in their own head where do they think they're going with this fella this scrawny fella inside but um, I think after a couple of weeks fellas said Jesus okay he can play alright he can add something to our team and um, but I was still I was still very nervous in the first couple of years because I didn't feel established in there I didn't feel established in there and I, I was still learning and I didn't um I suppose I hadn't built up any. I suppose I felt I had to earn their trust and earn earn their earn their trust, is it? And that they that they believed in me and things. And thankfully, it happened quick enough for me. But um, I think sometimes people, and I even see it now with with different teams and different. I watch young players going in. I think sometimes they feel that they've kind of made it already when they come in the door and I think it's a mistake that people make to think, okay, I've made it now, I'm on a county panel or I'm on a senior club team and I don't have to do a whole pile. That's only the starting point. Um, and I think very quickly in Kerry anyway, if you think, if people, th- if, if, if you think you're too big for your boots, people will bring you down a pick or two very, very quickly. Yeah. So look, you had great success, but I'm sure there was probably some setbacks as well. What was the biggest one that you had to overcome? Um, well, look, I, I, very, I had a very serious knee injury in uh, 2014. I did my cruciate in um, our Ireland club semi-final against Castlebar Mitchells in Portlaoise. So that was that was hugely disappointing. I had gone practically my whole career without any injury and all of a sudden that was a very, very serious one and nearly finished my career. But 
thankfully to to Ray Moore in, in Central Sports Clinic, he was able to get me back. Um, it probably took two years to be perfectly, not perfectly right. I, I don't know if I ever got back perfectly right, but get me back at the level that I wanted to play at. So that was hard. That was hard. I'd never been injured. I, I'd seen fellas who had been injured, but I never really understood the frustration um, from all that sort of stuff. So it gave me a different perspective and a different admiration from people who have to leave sport for a while and um, and come back better and stronger and um, and get back to the top table of sport. So I certainly that gave me a better, a greater appreciation. And it, it probably taught me as well. I was, I was so fortunate to be part of Kerry and be like, if I had never come back from that, I, I, I had achieved so much with Kerry anyway. I was very lucky, but I was very conscious that I didn't want that to be, I didn't want that to be the end. I wanted a challenge for more titles for Kerry. And probably most of all, most of all at that point, I wanted to try and win the All Ireland Club with Dr. Crokes. We we come close on a few occasions, but um, just weren't good enough and came up a bit short. So none of us knew if we would have that opportunity again. So to to come back and two years after the crochet to come back and win the All Ireland Club with Dr. Crokes was 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 the ultimate, and that's probably that's one of the the most important medals I have in my house. And um, not just for me, but for all the lads in Dr. Crokes, they had. They had setbacks themselves, so to eventually get back, if any group deserved to win in Ireland, it was that group. But uh, what you deserve and what you get are two different things. So I think we showed a little bit of courage and bravery ourselves by by hanging in there and coming back and winning that. And um, I was certainly probably the happiest man in in Crow Park that day when the final whistle went. And that's a, that's a very special medal for all of us in Killarney. You've had uh, quite a lot of managers over your career and uh, come in contact with an awful lot of, of people as well, I'm sure, who've helped you along the way. Who had the biggest impact on your career? Um, all very different, I suppose. Coming into Kerry first, Polly O'Shea was my first manager. So he, uh, Polly, what a character, what a, what a, what a Kerry man. Um, bit of a rogue as well, I think, that everybody knows, but I enjoyed that part of it. Um then you had Pat O'Shea, who I knew very well from Dr. Crokes. Uh, I even played with Pat in my first county final. So um, I don't know, how, does that say how old I am or he is or whatever? But very, very astute coach, very smart coach. Um, true and true Dr. Crokes, man. So we knew each other inside out. Um, and then Eamon Fitzmaurice came along, another, another man that I would have... Um, that I would have played with and I knew Eamon very well and he was an excellent footballer and very he always had a really good mind for the game and he was he was a deep thinker of the game so and he probably released me back out to centre forward for the couple of years that I got an opportunity to play there where I would have been playing corner forward all my, all my life so he kind of re-energised me in another way to get me back to centre forward and just let me loose out there and um, yeah my first year back I played quite well there and won an all-star. So I, I'd be aiming to thank for that. And obviously Jack O'Connor is in there as well, who who had two stints with Kerry when I was there. And I had Jack at under 21 level as well. So again, I knew Jack very well. And um, to be fair to all those managers, they never kind of curtailed the... It's, it's kind of... It's, it's funny in a way that they just let us go out and play. I think they had so much trust in us. Um, and I suppose when I think back to Declan O'Sullivan came along at the same time or the same age. We all came along and I, none of us ever felt curtailed that we had to play a certain way. I think they knew our, they knew our ability and they trusted us and they trusted us that if something wasn't going right that we could make a decision or a slight change ourselves in a match. Um, and that I think when managers do that, it gives you a huge amount of confidence that you know what, that you can, 
you can control your own ship in a way and and play it as you see it. And obviously they were doing that because they knew that we were obviously good players and good decision makers. But that's probably one of the big things from all those managers that particularly if you were playing the forward line for Kerry, more often than not, you were allowed to just get on with it because they had so much um, confidence in your ability. And I think that was one of the things that stood for me in my career that they just they didn't curtail. They just said, just go out and play and do what you do. When you think back of all the great days that you had and we'll say the dreams that you had when you were a kid as well, is there one performance that sticks out in your mind as being your ultimate performance that you were the footballer that you always wanted to be on that day? Um, yeah, look, the 2004 Ireland final, I think it was my first Ireland. I finished with 1-5, but the score, the, the scoring 1-5 didn't really bother me. Obviously, the winning was the most important thing, but that day I just felt that it was it was the one that was bubbling for so much inside of me that we all dream when we look we're, we're all kicking with our with with nieces nephews kids in the backyard thinking we're in Croke Park and that was that was me growing up but that day it felt like being in my backyard because everything came so easy catching above my head um just kicking just everything just felt so so easy and it was probably just the culmination of all the training and time and uh, that went into it that I got an opportunity that day to just leave my whole array of skills out there. And, and Kerry did that day too because I remember the, the performance, the team, the team game, uh, like we were missing Seamus Minahan and Darrow Shea, William Kirby and Owen Brosnan played midfield for us and the whole team gave an exhibition that day and it was it was probably the culmination of a team, team performance in a way, but I suppose... I had dreamt about giving something, a performance of some standard like that in Croke Park, but to do it on the big day when everybody's watching is is is, is very satisfying. Yeah, it must have been. Just when you think of all the success you had as well, and like, like obviously you call them your huge star, was that hard? Like you kind of grew up in the spotlight, but then when you were 18 years of age and almost just exploded onto the inter-county scene, everybody knew who you were and um, everybody cared about what you were doing and things like that mm. as well. Yeah, well, I never, I never felt like a big star, even though I, I, I suppose when you're one of the better Gaelic footballers in the country, you're going to draw attention, and that that came my way. And I suppose just take, thinking of it now, and Kerry, like so many people go on holidays to Kerry, and that time you could go up and watch Kerry training, and you were allowed in to watch it. It's very different now, of course, but um, I suppose everybody wanted to meet me. I suppose people's kids wanted to meet me, take a picture, sign my jersey. And that's part of it, but that's. That's great, but I suppose it brings its own pressure and expectation and things like that as well. But I think it's something that I think I've handled well enough. I've always had a good relationship with kids. Um, you try you try to be as courteous and as as uh, as you can and engage in as much conversation as possible. And I think I do that. Um, I think I've done that to, to the best of my ability. But it certainly does bring bring pressure. And I think maybe growing up in Killarney too, where I suppose so many domestic tourists come to Clarny. A lot of people will say, "Where would you meet the Gooch, or where would he be?" Or we want we want our kids to meet them, and that comes a little bit too. And I suppose working working in the bank, they'll people will come in asking for you. But um, but that's great. Look, that's that's part and parcel that goes with it. Um, and I I I embraced it as much as I could, and I enjoyed it. Um, sometimes coming up to big matches, you have to go into hibernation, all right. And I I I, I tried to do that, but. Um, Look, that's part and parcel of being a high-profile sports person in this country, and I wouldn't swap it for a second. 
look, it is great. I'd imagine when things are going well and people yeah. do want your picture and to meet you. But what when they want to meet you when things aren't going well? Like, because there is an element to that as well. And look, you said it yourself. There are high expectations in Kerry and football is so important. Yeah, and look, sometimes you have to go to ground if 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 if, if things if there's something going on or you're injured or a loss of form or whatever. Sometimes the best thing to do is just disappear and fall off the radar a little bit and go for your walks and do do things where people won't find you. And I think that's there's plenty of places in Kerry you can do that with national parks and mountains and you can take off just to find yourself a little bit again. But I suppose the only thing if a child if a child wants to meet you. He doesn't know that you're in, in bad form or maybe so um, you, you're just respectful in that way and things like that. But sometimes you need some me time and me headspace to get away from it all. And um, look, it, it can be done. The most important thing is being able to identify it, I think, for yourself to say, you know what, I need to stay out of town for, for a couple of weekends. I need to stay away from my, no, my normal haunts. of, um, And more often than not, Marie, people don't mean any bad from it they just want to talk to you because mm-hmm. they love watching you and they, they they want your they want your opinion what do you think of the dubs or do you think it'll be Mayo's year or who do you think will win the Premier League or people just like engaging in conversation so I, I've kind of accepted that but there were certainly times where you have to just go into lockdown a little bit and um, have your own little bubble and don't come out of it too much and I think every sports sports person in the country has that, and it's one. The most important thing is being able to identify when you when you need to get into that bubble. I think that's the most important thing. So you said that uh, Doctor that Doctor Croak's win was definitely one of the most important medals that you have in your house. What was your greatest success though? Was that it? Um, I look, it's it's a combination of that and five out on the medals with Kerry. I think. Um, they're all very dear. Every one of them have kind of a different meaning, Every all those medals. Um, but I suppose for me, that's probably the biggest thing is that I feel like that I, I fulfill my potential. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. And regardless of all the medals and different things, because they're fine there, those medals are in a, a USA biscuit tin box in, in my house that I look at maybe once once a year every Christmas or when someone calls like it's it's the memories and to look back and say you know what I didn't leave anything behind me I worked really hard even when things got tough and I lost form or I got injured I never gave up I had a bit of resilience and can I look back at my career and say I gave it everything yeah I think I can and and the biggest measurement in for me after that is did did my teammates enjoy playing with me? Did they get a buzz out of playing with me? Was I, of course, there was times I was hard on them and I was hard on myself and things like that. But did they get a buzz out of me? And do we still do we still chat and meet up? And do you remember that day and things like that? They're the things I love doing because as life moves on, you get busy with family and life and work. But when you can pick things up with people that you've you haven't met in a couple of years and shoot the breeze like that, that's 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 the fun thing for me to do right now. So. Um, I can look back and say I fulfilled my, my potential and by I, by God I was so lucky to play with both the club players and the county players the Kerry players that I did I just came along at a really tight, really good time and I was very fortunate to get the opportunity to share dress rooms and, um, and stadiums and pitches with them and that's probably the biggest memory I have from it all What do you think your legacy will be? This is a hard one now people struggle Legacy. Um, 
I don't know, I suppose from Dr. Crooks and Kerry that I've added to that I've had helped add to the legacy a little bit that I suppose the role of honour of both teams is a little bit better after I leave it. So I mentioned earlier about getting the number 13 jersey for for 10 or 15 years with Kerry. Have I have I left it in a better place? I think I think I have. I hope I have. Um uh, have I added to the history a little bit? I hope I have. Um, and the, the very same with Dr. Cox. When you come into our clubhouse, there's a roll of honour up on the wall. And when you're walking upstairs after training for a cup of tea or whatever it is, I always give a little look at it and say, you know what, that looks good. I'm part of that team. I'm part of that team. And we've done our bit for the club here. And and that's playing, you know. And now I'm finished. I'm, I've moved into the space of, okay, well, can we get a couple of more teams up on that wall and, and things like that. And it, it's not my job to do it on the field anymore, but it's my job to try and help players become better and do that and I feel that I have a responsibility of doing that given what Crooks and what Kerry has done for me I have to give a little bit more back and it, do you know what it's easy to give it back because I enjoy, I still enjoy it so that's 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 my legacy that of, of, of Dr Crooks and Kerry I think So what next for you then? Uh, next is to continue enjoying being involved in football, enjoy the Crooks management, and I suppose for Crooks senior footballers, we're trying to compete for top honours in Kerry, and that's that's difficult. Um, so that's that's the immediate focus. I don't have any plans after that, to be honest. I'm kind of, I, I'm not even twelve months into being involved in coaching and management, so I don't know where all that's going to end up. But all I can say for right now, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying being hands on um, with some of the coaching. Um, time will tell if I'm any good at it. Time, time will tell if if Dr. Crooks improve any bit. Um, but if you hear that they've got rid of the management from this year, you know that we're not very good at it. But um, right now it's 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 still fun. I still get a buzz out of it, and I'm just hoping that the players that are there right now, even if even if regardless if we win or lose, that they that they enjoy it and are improving as players. And I think if we're doing that as a management group, I think then we're winning. Right, well, knowing how competitive you were as a player, it'll be definitely fascinating to see what happens with the management. Colm, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your journey. I'd say there'll be Kerry people who will be thinking of you for years and years to come and all the great days that you gave. And even just sports fans in general, you gave us so many great days out as well and so much great advice there as well for kids who want to follow in your footsteps. I hope that everybody enjoyed watching. Please like, um, share, subscribe and leave a review. Oh,